This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. A safe place for trans communities, our friends and our allies to share our experiences. We'll discuss our issues, our challenges and our successes. We'll occasionally make you cry and hopefully we'll educate and inspire you. Welcome to Transpositions on Joy 94.9. Good evening, you are listening to Transpositions. My name is Michelle, joined by my gorgeous co-host, Mingzi. Hey, Michelle, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, sweetheart. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I thought... I've had a really good week. Yeah. And you know what? The end of this week is going to be amazing. We've got a four-day weekend ahead of all of us. And the other thing as well is we also get lots of chocolate. <laughs> oh, there's been so much chocolate around here. <laughs> I think I'm chocolated out. It was actually really funny because I walked into the Joy Studios tonight and there was chocolate everywhere and there were um, there were hot cross buns and I thought, yes, we are hitting Easter. It is that <laughs> time of the year. Well, if anybody wants to get to this girl's heart, you need to give me some really good dark chocolate or some of the nicer white chocolate. I'm burnt out on milk chocolate. I've had enough. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I love getting my chocolate as well. Hey, look, I tell you what, guys, we have got an absolutely spectacular show lined up for you tonight. Definitely. We have got an amazing guest. Um, her name is Savannah Jackson. If you had caught the uh, Sunday night on Channel 7 the other night, um, there was an, a bit of a uh, Brown Hearst story about her coming out, and she's joining us tonight to talk a bit further and delve a bit deeper. Yeah, so we'll be talking to her tonight just after quarter past eight, so make sure that you are listening to Transpositions here on Joy 94.9. Oh, Michelle, you know, <laughs> it helps, the buttons. Helps, it helps if I press the buttons. It does. She's actually from around my, my neck of the woods. Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. We always just, I was bouncing around in here. I was having <laughs> You're actually stripping and throwing your, your cardio around in the air. It was, it was, it was I, quite, quite I, exhilarating. I, I was doing a, a Kevin Shetty. Just hurling my <laughs> jumper, my cardi, around like a crazy girl. I was. I love it. Uh, you're so, not. You're not a parent or anything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm a parent. So you know, it's funny. I actually still. I always try to find other movies like like things my kids haven't watched in a while. And there's actually one of those I always go back to because they haven't watched that in, in Toy Story again. I'm like, okay, we want to recycle this one now. <laughs> I like. I'm watch- sick of Frozen. <laughs> I love Frozen. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm Princess, what's, what's, what's the ice queen? Will you dance around the house like you're Princess Elsa? Oh, I'm fucking Princess Elsa, I hope so, yes. <laughs> Naughty not. I'm Princess Elsa, yes, absolutely, yes. So, Migsy, what time is it? It's time for... <laughs> time the for news. the news. It's time. Look, I, there's, I'm, I'm trying to find some positive things in the stupid Googles, but I tell you, it's just, it, it's always up and down all over the place. The was, first one was the Googles funny this week. Oh, the Googles are funny this week. So the first one we have is the transgender sex worker on HIV charge to make new bail bid in Perth. Um, so, okay. do you remember this one? Miss Fox, who is facing charges of causing grievous bodily harm to the man by having unprotected sex with him between January and September last year. Miss Fox was extradited from New 
New South Wales last month to face the charges. She was initially denied bail, but today her lawyer said Miss Fox, who appeared in court via video link from the men's prison actually over there, said she'd be making a new bail application. Uh, she was remanded in custody until next month when the application will be heard. The only thing that really actually starting to get to me about the news, and I've never, you know me, I've never had a problem. I, I know you too well. Yeah, exactly. You know me, I've never had a problem with the whole, I hate the term dead naming. I, I was like, can we, can we like scrap that one first off? Okay. And we're scrapping that. So, thing. you know, my, my, you know, my previous name, I have no problem as part of my narrative, but I hate how the news referred to her as her, her previous name, but then who goes by Miss Fox. I'm like, it's kind of getting old. The news, I think, should be getting like over this now. It's really quite disconcerting um, when there's certain news agencies who tend to do that, which tend to show a lack of respect to trans individuals in terms of their name see, and for me, their legal name as well. Well, see, if you, if you, for me, if you're telling a story, like if you're going to go do an expo on me on a whole ma- magazine, I have no problem with that in like the beginning, you know? But when you're actually just doing a news, a news article like about this person, I'm going, that's just, it's just uncalled for. Yeah, well, look, I if someone it. was ever going to refer to me, I was like, my name is Megan. <laughs> You'd lose your and please, marbles. Yeah, well, yeah, I would probably lose my marbles, but that's just me. I don't know. I'm comfortable with that being lost. I know you are. Yeah. You ready? Yes, keep going. Number two. Joel Silver, who is a new transgender drummer called New People, is in the works at Freeform. Freeform is developing New People, a drama series from writer Don Ruse, who is executive producing with Joel Silver and Rodney Farrell, whatever that means. Uh, it's The series is based on the novel Becoming the Call, the transformation of an American family, which tells the story of a transgender girl, her identical twin brother, and their family. Um, it, the new, there's a book was a new term, New York Times bestseller. So we got a new uh, new drama coming out. So that'll be pretty good. Okay, sounds great. Cool. Number three, conservatives want to block uh, Charlotte transgender rules. So basically, the rules have said that the people can go to the t- use the restrooms that align with their gender identity. Now the social conservatives want to go and change that. And then it's like it's this whole teeter totter back and forth over the states. Like, okay, you can use the toilets. Whoa, no, we want you to stop using the toilets. I no, just no, no, what, what happens if I can't use the toilets? I just have to sit there and just what pee my pants. Seriously, I'm just gonna like go to the food court and squat right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm thinking probably some of the food that you find in food courts, maybe what comes out of your body oh, might be better than some of that. I think, I think, I think what I'll do is just, just offend everyone. I'll like stand there like the little angel that you see in like the fountains and they like have the arch that they... <laughs> You'll just see me standing there just I'm going to show you. You've lost the plot tonight. I have lost the plot tonight. Okay, <laughs> Michelle, the next one. You know, you know you're talking to me about me le- losing my marbles. Yeah. <laughs> I've officially, Michelle needs a holiday. Michelle needs a big holiday. Any, anybody want to fund my holiday? 0427 Joy 949 <laughs> or on air at joy.org.au if you want to fund a holiday for Michelle. All right. Number four. The convicted murderer and transgender pioneer reveals her battle to undergo surgery as an inmate and show you know, how she was released before California was set to pay. So basically, a judge ordered California to pay for this Michelle North uh, Norseworthy's gender surgery. Yeah, I heard about this one in the. Googles. In the Googles. In the but Googles. she was paroled from prison before the operation went ahead. Okay. And um, so now she is, um, she's basically still adjusting to life outside of prison, um, particularly being around other women. She lives at a halfway house in San Francisco, is looking for long-term housing and a job. So basically she's on the streets, mm-hmm. um, but she's actually able to, it's kind of interesting about that. You can actually um, pay for the surgery, the lower SRS, uh, using a low-income health insurance scheme. Okay. That's interesting. Well, good on it. So, yeah, well, that's right. So, if a prisoner overseas in the US can get their SRS funded, 
why can't that happen in this country? Yeah, right. We won't go there. We won't go there. And, and yeah. I bet still it is a major issue for trans people that we have to try and access some sort of funding yep. from some serious message. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the news at this but point. That has been the Googles for this. That's the Googles. The Googles for this week, our Google News. Anyway, so look, I tell you what, our special guest that we do have lined up for tonight. You ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. Ready for Savannah? Okay. Savannah, are you there? I'm here. Yay! Hey! Welcome, Savannah. <laughs> hey, a big, big, big congratulations to you. How's it all been coming out? For, go, well, coming out and going for you and those kinds of things. Oh, well, the, the feedback has been phenomenal. Um, if you look at the Channel 7 Facebook, uh, there's, I don't know, thousands of comments there. And uh, over, overwhelmingly positive and supportive. Um, for my clients, it's been amazing. For my friends. For my staff, it's just, I'm blown away by just how open-minded and accepting and supportive and understanding, uh, you know, Australia has been. And uh, not even Australia. I mean, I've had comments, people from America, from Canada, from Europe have obviously watched the show as well online and um, have been contacting me through my Facebook. And uh, it's just been, <laughs> I've been sitting here for hours just trying to respond to like, literally hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of direct email um, messages and Facebook comments and stuff. So it's been, uh, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, sometimes it can be actually a little bit overwhelming. Um, uh, Michelle here, by the way. <laughs> um, now, how long ago was the filming for this special? Well, what happened was I, I made a five-minute video that was my coming out video to my client. And Channel 7 showed a little bit of that in the in the show. And I sent that out to my clients on February 23rd. And my I have about 50-odd thousand clients in Australia. So I thought that was probably the best way to let them know. And unbeknownst to me, one of the senior reporters at Channel 7 is one of my clients. Oh. He saw that video, and he's and it turns out they had been looking for somebody to do, a, a transgender person to do a a story on. And when he saw that, he said, "Hold on, this is the person." So he bumped it up the line to Sunday night. And I was actually on Friday, the twenty sixth of February. That was the day I had scheduled to go and have my hair extension. And they called me. I was literally walking out my door. I had makeup on, dressed, whole thing. I was going to my hairdresser. And they called me and they said, we want to do a story on you. I said, look, I'm seriously, like, I'm half an hour away from having hair extensions. They said, no, 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 we want to film you as, as a guy. So I had to postpone the hair extensions till Monday. And we filmed all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as me as Daniel. And then the Monday they filmed me getting the hair extensions. And then they filmed interview with, uh, with uh, Julie and then with me and my mom. Uh, so about eight days of filming all up over a two-week period. And then they edited it, and it came out this past Sunday. So um, it's about three weeks from when they first contacted me to when uh, it went to air. That's pretty full on. Because I did a thing on SBS recently, and we did it back in November, and it was only just aired recently in March. So that's why I was asking. I'm feeling all left out you here. You are feeling so left out. I'm feeling you? very left out here. <laughs> I'm only a one out of the three of us who hasn't done any sort of television. Now <laughs> um, I was going to ask, uh, well, I was going to say since the since the airing of, of the show and stuff. So obviously it would have been recent, the conversations that we heard on the show from your well, your your wife or your ex or however you guys or whatever language you're using on this. So what we heard yeah. is actually sort of up to the minute of, of where things are at. Yeah, exactly. That's like literally like it's li all that everything you saw in the video <laughs> is literally just in the last couple of weeks. So it's still, still very fresh. Is it like still settling in for you? It's just like, is it really? Does it feel real? This all happened? Yeah, I mean, I mean, because I've been living part time as a woman for 15 years. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I'm very comfortable in in society as a woman. So that, that's been really easy to slip into the day-to-day -day routine of being Savannah. What I've found is that you know what it's like when you're living part-time and when you're not 
being yourself, you have dysphoria. And when you are living authentically, the dysphoria disappears. But what I didn't realize I had is I had a lot of anxiety about the fact that when I was expressing myself at Savannah, I wouldn't have the dysphoria, but I would have the anxiety because I knew that I would have to go back to being Daniel either tomorrow or in a couple of days from now or a couple of hours or something. And what I'm experiencing now is I don't have the dysphoria and I don't have this anxiety that I didn't even realize was there because I'm never, ever going back to having to live, you know, as a man again. And I don't have the dysphoria of living inauthentically. So that's probably, for me, been the biggest revelation and biggest uh, you know, positive experience that I've, I've gotten out of the whole thing. Yeah, that was my, my experience as well when I first, in my first year of transition, because I tried to slow things down with my kids and, and stuff with work, and I struggled with work and had to go back and forth. And, and I had to go back to actually being Daniel. And then there was my Michelle days, and then what see me, you're just feeling completely left out, aren't you? This is like Daniels <laughs> and television. And, <laughs> and so, you know, I had the same thing. But when I first finally was able to work full-time, I remember an era I was, I was living, you know, that part-time or whatever, you know, as Michelle. But then when I was finally fully, it was like the name change, and when I was fully working full-time, I remember the first time on the train going, I do this shit every day. But, yeah, then, yeah. but then here I am the first time doing going, why am I so anxious? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a rush. It's, it's been fun. I mean, and uh, every morning I wake up and it's like, oh, you know, you run through your head what we're going to wear. And, you know, it's, just, it's just a lot of fun. And I'm having a ball. How is, how is, your, how is your, um, uh, your daughter and your ex and stuff going with everything? Oh, they're fantastic. I mean, they're really, I mean, uh, as, as we saw on the show, like we've been out to my, our daughter uh, for about three or four years now. So she's just. She's loving it. I mean, she she loved all the attention, <laughs> the cameras there, and you know. So she she thought she got a real kick out of you know learning about the the, the process of making a TV show and stuff. And um, no, she's she had and, and now that the shows come out, you know, yesterday she came home from school and we're like, oh okay, how'd it go? Did anyone say anything? She was not. No one said anything. <laughs> the only one who said anything was another boy who happens to live in our building because they go to, they go to school together. Yeah. And he already knew, but he already knew me, so you know she expected him to know. But um, no, and no one, no one, I don't think anyone in her school watched the show or clicked or whatever. So yeah, because what I was going to say in, in what you've done in your case is you've obviously protected your do- your daughter in terms of her being on television because you've you've gone and protected her identity. So there's no negative issues that she has when she's at school. Yeah, and uh, I mean they might we thought well maybe they recognize you know her name Chantel Kutcher, um, but uh, no, I don't think it. I don't get anyone registered. She only just started at this school this year, so she's not that well known at the school. So um, that probably helped as well. I definitely, oh, definitely. Think well, well, I love the hair extensions. I think Mingzi and I are going to come come to pay a visit next time we go in, and we'll we'll all go together oh. and get our hair done. You I know? can't afford extensions. <laughs> I'm too poor. <laughs> I am. I'm talking to a me now on the phone. <laughs> just joking. God. Just joking. Um, yeah. Look, I tell you what, Savannah. What, one of the things I wanted to talk about, just to touch base, I know for myself professionally when I transition because I I do work in a, a professional environment, um, how I had to manage it within my own. LinkedIn sort of network kind of context, I had to be quite delicate with how I went and gradually phased through this idea that I was transitioning. In my case, I didn't have the opportunity of leaving my work. I basically transitioned there at work. The way in which you did it, you sort of alluded to it a little bit earlier. How how was it for you? What were the most challenging aspects of when you were transitioning at work? I suppose uh, in my situation, because I don't work for somebody, I, I own the company, I work for my client. So, um, you know, if they if they were to, you know, be offended or, or, or you know, be put off by my transition, then they could, you know, they they'd fire me basically by firing 
the, the services, like, like not renewing the contracts that we have with them. So that's a pretty big concern because I had, um, you know, 30-odd staff, and, you know, I'm very responsible for, you know, my staff salaries and my overheads and everything else. So I was quite uh, – I wasn't nervous. I was pretty confident my clients would be fine um, because we had so many clients, too. I figured, well, you know, there's probably going to be maybe 5 or 10% of them who, you know, have an issue – and the rest won't really care. They'll just, yep, yep, whatever. Like, you know, 2016, we're crying out loud, you know. <laughs> we're, we're pretty open-minded people now. But I still wanted to do it, you know, respectfully. So that's why I created that five-minute video, and um, which is actually on YouTube, and people can view it if they want. But, uh, you know, I, I put that out there to them. And, and to be honest, I thought that would be it. Like, I'd make the five-minute video, send it out to my client. That was my statement. Then I'd go and transition, and that would be the end of it. I never, I never planned for the whole Channel Seven thing to happen. That all came afterwards. But um, and, and the feedback we got from the clients. I mean, I have had just from my clients alone hundreds and hundreds of emails, and not not one of them negative. Like every single one of them back from the clients has been um, very positive and supportive. So it's it's really yesterday's news by now. It's been almost three and a half weeks now, and um, it's been just completely uh, fine. Yeah, look, and, and that's the thing that you know, we always hear about people who um, have built a business and, and have um, uh, always people like Caitlyn Jenner who have a bit of money and they're not able to go and do their transition and whatever. And you always hear these narratives of of sense of privilege and whatever. But I said to, you know, we were having a chat as well going, you're not one of those. You're somebody who has worked hard from the bottom up. And you, know, you have had, you know, when you went through your depression that it showed on the show, you had you know, it lost millions in, in the, um, from your business as well. And so coming out completely, you do take such a massive risk of losing so much. And so yeah, and I had, I had the experience, like I said, in the show, I was blackmailed and there was actually, they focused on one particular, I was blackmailed twice. The second time was the bigger one, but the first one actually resulted in me losing uh, a multi-million dollar contract, even though he wasn't trying to extort millions of dollars out of me. One of my promoters, um, found out about it because of the blackmail and canceled the contract with me. And that was back in 2004. And then the, the second blackmail, which is the one they talked about in the show, that happened in 2000, uh, late 2008, early 2009. That was an, a clear case of blackmail. He was you know, specifically asking for $150,000. Uh, and uh, so I had experiences of being outed and being, you know, having extortion attempts and stuff like that. So I was wary of, uh, of how people might perceive my transition. So that was in the back of my mind. But at the same time, you know, I couldn't wait any longer. I mean, I was working towards this for, for years and years and years. My biggest concerns in transitioning was how is my daughter going to handle it and how are my clients going to handle it? And uh, we just took our time and made sure that... Uh, uh, obviously, my daughter is the most important, and we spent you know time and with counselors and stuff, and made sure she was good, and uh, spent years making sure she was fine. And then it was time for the client, and by then, Caitlyn Jenner had gone in transition, so the whole transgendered narrative had changed, and visibility and society's you know um, reactions to transgender news, and of course, we had people like Laverne Cox and uh, and others who had, had lifted the transgendered you know banner so much higher than it was even three, four, five years ago. So I think that helped enormously, uh, and I certainly gave me even more confidence that my clients would be okay. Because uh, you know, I think you'd have to be a real jerk now these days to to be you know outwardly negative towards transgender people, given that we're so visible now. People realize it's not a mental illness and it's not a lifestyle choice. You know, it's like being born white or black or gay or straight. It's just another part of the human condition, right? 
One of the things I wanted to touch on, sort of really taking a big look back into your past, was that you came you came to Australia, I think, from South Africa. Is that correct? South Africa? No, Canada. Oh, Canada. That's all the same. <laughs> same, same. Slightly, slightly, just next door. Okay, kind of. <laughs> yeah. her, her, and I, her and I are cousins, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So, but when you came to Australia, obviously, you're, you're a very fit person, and um, you got involved with the Army Reserves. I think it was about eight years or something like that. Is that right? Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So going into the Army Reserves, was there any specific reason why you chose going to the Reserves? Was it either a felt like a natural fit or for you, was it trying to hide your identity? Oh, no. It had nothing to do with the identity issue. Um, I was uh, 19. I was in uh, second year university. A friend of mine was going along to an information night. I thought... I never really thought about the army before, and he was going to this information. I thought, no, I'll tag along, got an interest, and I just got totally hooked. I, I, I love, particularly back then, I was very physical, very athletic, and I love uh, being in a responsible position. I like, I'm a natural born leader, and I love, um, you know, outdoorsy stuff, and certainly, um, you know, uh, challenging mental and physical activities. So, and, and I wanted to serve my country. Right uh, by that point, I, I was an Australian citizen. And, uh, you know, I was young and blue tea and everything. So it was just, um, I, I loved my time in the Army. I had an absolute ball. I was an infantry officer. And uh, it, it had nothing to do. However, it did help me with my dysphoria because when you're out in the bush and you're particularly an officer and you're, you've got men you're, you know, you're responsible for and you're, you're planning whatever you're doing, you don't have time to think about dysphoria being trans. And, and everybody's even in terms of what they're wearing and how they smell and what they look like. And, you know, so it's, there's no... Um, it, it's just a great escape from society sort of thing. And you're not worrying about what the latest fashions are or what you're not wearing and, you know, how you're not interacting with other people socially. You're there on, on a job 24-7. So it was it was wonderful, you know, distraction from dysphoria at that time. No, it definitely sounds like a great distraction. No, you were mentioning saying, you know, it's 2016. Come on, you know, this isn't like, you know, the dark ages or whatever. But, you know, you see so much going on in the U.S. where it just seems like things are teeter-tottering back and forth from, you know, it's positive coming out, but then no, we're putting you back in the closet. And, I mean, Canada, they're going great. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I'm from Americans. Um, I know. Hey, Savannah. You roll your eyes, right? I, I, I have to sit across from one. <laughs> no, I'm from I'm from the Midwest in the U.S. and I I have to look back on it's uh, even worse. Oh, you shut up! <laughs> it's it's. I mean, I think uh, all progress is you know three steps forward, you know one or two steps back, and three. And, and sometimes, particularly in America, we, we're we're currently going through a couple of steps back, you know. But it's um, it, it won't win. I mean, the, these whole bathroom bills and these religious freedom rights uh, uh, acts and stuff in uh, in America. They're not going to win. They're just the last dying breath of uh, the conservative right wing trying to push their agenda. But the ultimate, but they're they're in the minority, and eventually society will just keep moving forward as it as it did with women's rights, as it did with uh, uh, with particularly uh, America and the blacks' rights. You know, it's just we're just the gay, and then the gays' rights, and now it's transgender rights. So it's just we're moving forward. We still got a long way to go. Obviously, but it's certainly not there yet. Um, and maybe even even women aren't there yet after a hundred years of fighting for this stuff more. But um, you know we're making progress. Well, after you look at a few steps back. Well, after you look at you know you'd see like in the last year there was like nearly two hundred bills that were were put forward, but none of them went through. And you know the same thing happening this year. So you're right. You know progress will be coming through. Now we're going to be stepping away for just a second. When we come back, I'd love to actually chat some more about your daughter. Some of the questions we constantly get from. Um, 
I get from other parents or other people coming out is talking to me about how I had transitioned with my kids. And I'd love to go and hear more about, you know, how you sort of handled that. You touched a bit of it on the show, but I'd love to hear some more about that and how, how you worked sure. out. Yeah. So do you want to stay, hang around a little, little bit longer? Yeah, why not? All oh, right, sure. good awesome. stuff. All right, you are listening to Transpositions on Join 94.9. We're going to play some messages and be back shortly. A diverse sound for a diverse crowd. Join 94.9. Welcome back to Transpositions. My name is Michelle, joined by my co-host, Migzy. Yay. Intuition Jewel. And, and Intuition and Jewel. And, and we're joined by Savannah. Savannah. Hi, Savannah. Hi. I was thinking she's probably falling asleep on us. <laughs> I'm here. Okay, good, good. Now, before we stepped away, I was... Um, uh, I had a question more about um, like your family and things like that. Some, like, some of the questions I constantly get from uh, messages from folks is talking about how we handled uh, transition with my daughters because my daughters are 10 and 6. And I remember one of the stories I usually tell is about the first time I went out um, dressed with my daughters and how I let them actually dress me and do my makeup and everything. And it was horrendous. <laughs> did you, did you let, let your kids do your... Do I did. I had purple I not- eyeshadow. Oh, really? I had high heels wow. that didn't match anything. You said like you would have been at DT's on a Saturday night then. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> I, I, I definitely on the, on the corner in St. Kilda. <laughs> okay. So I was just curious because they, they touched a bit on it on the show, but I was just, you know, I guess take it to a bit about how you were you thinking, how you talked with your partner, how the that yeah. sort of went. Yeah, no, um, like they said in the show, we, uh, we, we contacted a, um, a family counselor who specialized in children and telling children, you know, life-changing news, such as, you know, you were adopted or your parents are gay or something like that. And uh, so she, she actually hadn't had any experience with transgender parents, but, uh, but she was a wonderful lady. And we spent a year with taking our daughter to her every, every you know, six to eight weeks. So Chantel really got to know her before we even started to talk to Chantel about, uh, about me. So Chantel was really comfortable with the counselor, and we were all, you know, great, um, you know, having great little sessions. And then, yeah, one day when she was eight, we sat her down and explained it. I was, uh, I was Daniel at the time. And then I went away, got changed, came back, and uh, she didn't, she didn't realize I was, I was daddy. Like she thought I was a different person. And uh, so she's a little bit shy at first, and then she realized, and about, about maybe half an hour into it, she looked at me and she said, "You're daddy." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And Julie said, "Do this." Daddy's also Savannah. Oh, and that's when she sort of let go of Julie and came and sat in my lap. And her and I then went and played in her playroom for four hours, and and, and that was it. That that was from that moment onwards, she was totally cool. Um, but there was there was one time it was kind of funny because in the beginning for the first six or so months, uh, she'd call me Daddy everywhere we went. Of course, and I would never tell her not to because she's the only person in the world who calls me Daddy, and I don't want to take that away from her. But I took. I went to Savannah. I took my daughter and my mom and my aunt to see uh, a play in Sydney. Fabulous play. A thousand people in the, in the auditorium. And there was an uh, intermission. So Chantel says, and she's only like eight or nine at the time, she says, oh, I need to go to the toilet. I said, I'll take you to the toilet. So we go to the women's washroom, and there's a huge queue of women, and there's like 25 stalls, that big giant bathroom. Finally, it's our turn. The, one of the doors to the stalls open, and I said to Chantel, okay, you go in that one. And the one directly opposite opened. I said, look, I'm right here. I'm right across the hall. You're there. Okay? Yes, fine. So I, she closes the door. I go in. I close my door. As soon as I close my door, she yells out, Daddy! And I'm just standing there inside the women's bathroom going, you've got to be kidding me. I could so <laughs> relate. I've got two choices. I can, I, can, I can ignore my daughter and create an issue with her that we probably never cure. 
<laughs> or I can suck it up and go and see what she wants. So I opened the door, and I could, as I walked out, I could see a line of like 50 women standing in line looking at me because <laughs> I'm six one, And so it's pretty obvious what's going on. And I'm like, I'm just ignoring the women. I'm saying, yes, Chantal, what is it? And she didn't really need anything. I think she just wanted to let me know. My, my daughters are the exact same way. Every time before we go in the toilet, I'm like, okay, what are the rules? Because I still go by daddy. Like, that's my thing. I, I'm, yeah, I'm still doing daddy. Too. Me too. And, and, it's still, too. and it's she and her and stuff. But my, my, do- my six-year-old constantly <laughs> screws up and says daddy. Like, she's sitting there wanting, are you almost done? Daddy, daddy. And I'm like, oh, for God's sakes. Oh, my God. <laughs> of all the places in the women's washroom. Yeah, so we have to have this talk mom, before I mean, it. My mom's funny. My mom's the seamstress and a phenomenal seamstress. She's just phenomenal uh, wedding gowns and stuff. And so we spend, I spent half my life in Spotlight growing up as a kid. And uh, it's wonderful now because she makes me heaps of clothes. It's fabulous. But we'll go to Spotlight. And I mean, mom's known for 15 years, but she still occasionally calls me Daniel when we're out. But mom, uh, she'll, she'll call out quite loudly we're in spotlight. She'll say, Daniel. Oh, I mean, Savannah. I absolutely absolutely love that you're so comfortable with that because so many people are so adamant about, I mean, look, there's the point where it's, it's, it's appropriateness and it has to, to transition, you know, to the, to the new name, but, but it's amazing how comfortable you are with that. And, and I actually do applaud you for that because, you know, those people are transitioning as well and they're still getting there. You said 15 years for God's sakes, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they're not doing it on purpose. It's, it's hard for them to, to, I mean, even now, Chantel, Chantel calls me Savannah when we're out in public. She just started doing that. I think she just clicked one day that, oh, okay, maybe you prefer to be called Savannah. I never asked her to, but she clicked. But, uh, you know, and sometimes just out of habit, she'll call me daddy when we're out in public. And, you know, I, 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 I just ignore it. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't ignore her. I mean, I mean, mm. I don't mind. Like, it doesn't bother me. I occasionally tell her, hey, you know. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, yeah, sorry. But, well, um, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, Savannah, I was going to say, it's been so lovely talking to you. We've actually run out of time. Oh, definitely. And we'd love, I'd love to go and chat with you. For, well, I'll catch up with you on Facebook and things like that. And maybe we'll catch up again and bring you back on the show again and chat some more sometime. Yeah, when you come down to right Melbourne, up. we'll definitely get you in here to join so you can have a, have a proper interview in the studio. <laughs> Love to. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I set up a Facebook uh, profile page called Savannah Jackson. Um, and you can tell it's me because of the big, the cover page is a picture of me and Ronnie Sadler, who interviewed yeah. me on, oh. on Channel 7. So awesome. if anyone wants to, you know, have a look at that, uh, just look up Savannah Jackson on Facebook and Br- find my profile page. Beautiful. So, thanks. Sounds brilliant. Look, thank you so much for joining us, Savannah. I appreciate it. And we'll speak to you again. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. You. Bye. Bye. Well, unfortunately, it has got to the end of the night. Been listening to Transpositions. Yeah, enjoy ninety four point nine. Michelle, what do you think? Oh, it's such a great night. I, uh, it's such a great, great. Com- it's just a great conversation. Yeah. You know, you walk away. It's not often you walk away from some interviews where you're just smiling, going, "Wow, it's just so comfortable and so great." Savannah's just a, such a beautiful person. Oh, she's she is so good to talk to. And um, yeah, look, I actually got to meet her when I was in Sydney just recently, and she's just no. Oh my god, we'll like, definitely have to have her down when she's in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's beautiful, and it's just like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, this is like. So glad that she's, yeah, so glad that she came and uh, yeah, she's just an amazing person. Well, we got so much more exciting stuff coming up down the road as well. Um, If anybody needs to reach out to us and and you have anything you want to share with the community, you can get us on transpositions at joy.org.au. You can also get us on Twitter on... Which amazing? Yeah. Oh God, I forget. <laughs> you know the drill. <laughs> well, we're twits. We're yeah. Instagrams. Oh, we're everything. Facebook. Facebook. dot com forward slash transpositions on joy. Anyway, that's it for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, I and we've got some gold. Good night, guys. Good night. I was blinded by the light.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.